Good morning and happy Sunday. I'm Pastor Mark Sepulveda with Impact Church San Diego welcoming you from my living room to your living room. I am so glad you're here and happy Independence Day. Today we celebrate the 4th of July where we also celebrate our freedom like Mel Gibson said in Braveheart, freedom. God doesn't only want you to be free in the natural, he wants you to be free in the spiritual. So grab your Bibles, your iPads, your laptops, whatever you're not live streaming on, and we're going to get into the Word of God. But for right now, take a look at your screens for these announcements. If you would like to hear more from Pastor Mark, our podcast is updated weekly with his new preachings on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many other platforms. Search up Impact Church San Diego and subscribe to our channel to be up to date. And lastly, don't forget to follow us on social media. Our Instagram and Facebook page are constantly being updated with important information, new sermon series, and motivational words to get you through your day. And welcome back. Once again, I'm Pastor Mark Sepulveda with Impact Church San Diego. I am so glad you are joining us right now. If you're not joining us right now and you're joining us later, welcome to our live stream. Uh, we're going to get into the Word of God. Grab your Bibles, your laptops, whatever you're not live streaming on. We're going to get into this together. But I just want to say today is Independence Day. It is the 4th of July. This is when we come together and we celebrate our independence. We celebrate our freedom that we have here and that we shouldn't take advantage of the freedom that we have and not use it necessarily frivolously, but use that freedom for good. Use it to preach. Use it to teach. Use it to evangelize. Use it to see a neighbor. Use it to see somebody who you haven't seen in a while. Use it to it, for God's glory. And I truly believe that that's what God wants us to do right now as long as we have this freedom because freedoms can be taken away little by little. They're inching into our lives to remove things, to censor us, and to block us. And uh, so I ask you, and God asks you, to do not use this time frivolously, use it for the honor and glory of God, because he's the one that had set us free. With that said, I am going to John chapter 8, verse 36. John chapter 8, verse 36. If you have your Bibles, you can look it up in your Bibles, and I really, truly recommend that you uh, use Bibles as well. But for all those who don't, who are watching this, or driving, or at work, or wherever I have, you'll be able to see it on your screen. John chapter 8, verse 36. It's really short, and it reads like this. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Right where you're at, I want you to bow your heads. We're going to close your eyes. We're going to open up this service with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before your presence, Lord Jesus, on this Independence Day, God. To thank you, God, for the freedoms that we have, Lord God. For the gifts that you have given us, Lord Jesus, so that we could utilize those gifts in the freedom that you have given us, Lord God. That your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, who rose on the third day to give us freedom, God, to give us peace, to give us liberty, Lord Jesus, to give us salvation, God. We thank you, Lord. We uplift your holy name, God, and we honor you, Jesus. Thank you. In your wonderful name we pray and all those out there say, amen, amen. All right. Once again, this service is 4th of July service. It is entitled Freedom. <laughs> like I said in the beginning of the intro, like Mel Gibson in Braveheart. <clears throat> I just want to reiterate of that, um, that the Bible says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him 
shall have everlasting life. Everlasting life in itself is freedom. Everlasting life in itself is eternity with Christ. Everlasting life in itself is saying that I'm going to be with him and not be someplace else, praise God. It's the freedom that God gives us. The Bible says that you have, if you have these fruits of the Spirit, if you have these gifts that He has given us, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, gentleness, and faithfulness, if you have these, there is no law against that. It is true freedom. So in Christ, we find freedom. It's within Christ that we have true freedom, praise God. You know, you could put me in a third world country. You can put me in a place where, uh, you know, uh, um, the place that's not uh, that's not free, you know, um, communism, a communist place. If I have Christ inside of me, I am set free. Amen. You can put me in jail. We're going to talk about that right now. No, I was not in jail. You can put me in prison. You can put me in, you know, in Alcatraz or someplace. I know it's closed down, but you can put me in the most tightest prisons. If I don't have Christ, you're right. I am dead. But if I am in those places and if I have Christ within inside of me, I am free. And it doesn't matter where you put me, I am free within Christ. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Whom the Lord has set free is free indeed. Praise God. You know, I want to get into this passage here. We're going to get into another scripture passage. We're going to get into Acts chapter 12. And we're going to talk about prisons. Um, we see Peter here, and let me give a little uh, uh, a little monologue before I get into the scripture itself. In chapter 12 of Acts, we see Peter, we see King Herod wreaking havoc uh, through the disciples, the apostles, and he's grabbing them, he's putting them in jail, and he's killing them. And he killed one of the disciples. Uh, he put well. He put uh, uh, James, the brother of John, to death, and it, he saw that it pleased the Jewish leaders. You know, the Jewish leaders were always scheming. They were always conniving. They were always doing something. They were up to something. They were always up to no good. And they were really never into the word of God. Therefore, they never recognized Jesus when he came. They never recognized the freedom when it, was, it slapped them in the face. And they put Jesus to death. So when they saw that Herod was putting the disciples to death, they started wringing their hands and they were full of joy. And it pleased them. It pleased the Jews. And Herod being, you know, the person that he is, he says, oh, good. And, you know, I'm getting, I have a fan base. Maybe I should kill some more disciples. So he goes and arrests Peter. So we see Peter in prison. We see him inside prison and being guarded because he knows that um, that the, the power that these disciples had, that he wanted to make sure that they were being guarded, because the Bible says in Acts chapter twelve that he put uh, four uh, four groups of four people to uh, watch over Peter. Praise God! It says right here uh, that he had handed uh, handed in verse four after arresting him, he put him in prison, arresting uh, Peter. Handing him over to the guard uh, uh, to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. So you have four squads of four soldiers each. He was watched by 16 guards. So we see Peter. He is in jail. He is gonna, he's going to have a trial the next day. And not only his trial was going to be the next day, his execution was going to follow right directly after that. So 
Herod to make sure that nothing was going to happen, that he was going to escape, to make sure that this was that he was going to come to trial, that he was going to stay in prison. He put 16 guards to watch over Peter. Now, Acts chapter 12, verse 5, it reads like this. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared and the light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off of Peter's wrists. <laughs> so, we see Peter. He's in, the, he's in jail. He's bound, chains, hand and foot. Guards watching him. Miraculously, an angel came, woke him up, removed the chains, and said, quick, let's get ready. The Bible continues to say, this is get dressed, get your robe, we're going to go. The door started to open up in the prison for him. When they got to the main gate, the whole the main gate opened up, and as they were walking, the angel disappeared from Peter's myths, and Peter realizing that it wasn't a dream, was, wait a minute, this actually happened. So he went to a house where they were praying for him, where they didn't realize that, wow, it must be his ghost or it must be his angel. It says, no, he actually escaped from prison because an angel of the Lord has come. Acts chapter 12, I truly believe that you should get into the word and just read this passage right here because it's really interesting. See, okay, let's get into this. Let's get into the word. Let's tear this apart. Let's see what God wants us to see in this passage. We see Peter. He is being arrested. Why is he being arrested? Because he's preaching the word of God. He didn't commit any crimes. He didn't still kill or do anything debaucherous. He was preaching the word of God. He was the disciple of Jesus. He was taking the word and he was preaching it all over the place. Apparently, the Jewish leaders didn't like this. That's why they crucified Jesus. And, and also Herod, he didn't like this either because, you know, it was disrupting what he had going on in his kingdom. But it's not his kingdom that he had to look forward to. It was the kingdom of God that he should have had placed his eyes on because he dies a very brutal death here in the end of chapter 12. That's why I said you need to read this passage. You'll be unbelievably see with your own eyes that you read that, oh my God, how could this just happen in the Bible? It does happen in the Bible, Acts chapter chapter 12, please read. So we see Peter being thrown into prison and to make sure he doesn't escape or he doesn't do any Jesus trickery, they put 16 guards around him so that he cannot escape. Now we see him in prison. We have guards to the left of him, guards to the right of him. I'm sure they're behind him. I'm sure they're in front of him. I'm sure they're at the cell gate so that he cannot 
escape. But the Bible says right here, so so Peter in chapter verse chapter verse 5, chapter 12 of Acts. So Peter was kept in prison. We established that. But the church, and this is what I want you to see right here. I the word of God says that an angel appeared. Would the would have the angel appeared if the church in another building, in another house, in another place, was not earnestly praying for him. Because the Bible says that, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. They were pleading because they saw what happened to, to James, uh, the brother of John. They saw that he was killed for his belief. They saw that he was killed for preaching the gospel. And 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 it, it pleased the Jewish leaders. And Herod says, all right, let's do this again. This is great. This is awesome. So they knew what Peter's demise was. They knew that Peter was next. So they got together. The church got together. The church got together. How can I, how can I emphasize this? The buildings did not get together. The people that worshiped inside the buildings got together. The people, the brothers and sisters, the believers in Christ got together and started to earnestly pray. To God, the church earnestly praying to God for him, interceding pressure, uh, uh, interceding prayers so that God could do a miraculous thing to get Peter out because they knew that he didn't have a chance if he woke up the next day in that place. If they didn't, if it wasn't able to save James, the brother of John, they wouldn't have been able to save Peter. So they realized, wait a minute, we didn't pray for James and he was murdered. We need, we need to do something here. We need to do something miraculous here, praise God. And I truly believe in the miraculous. I truly believe that there is something going on that we cannot see. The, the, the Bible says that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against the powers of darkness, against principalities of things not seen. And the things that are not seen that are going on, and we're walking around, you know, you know, like a, like a brisk summer morning or something like that, and, and not knowing, not being able to see, not be able to know what's going on around us, but yet... There are battles going on around us. So that's why we need to intercess. That's why we need to intercede. That's why we need to pray. Praise God for something, for deliverance. They were praying to God for some kind of miracle, for a deliverance to save Peter from where he was at. I'm sure they thought, well, you know, it's a long shot, but this is, this is what we need to do. We need to pray to God and to ask him, hey, you are the God of the universe. You are the creator of all things. There is nothing impossible for God. Lord, our brother Peter is in jail. He's going to die tomorrow. He's going to go before the trial tomorrow. They're going to kill him. Lord, what do we do? What do you do? Do something. We are praying. So earnest prayers to God. The prayers of a righteous man availeth much. They all got together in the name of Jesus interceded prayers for for Peter, praying to God for him. Verse 6, the night before Herod was to bring Peter to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with chains and sentries stood guard at the entrance. He, So we see Peter. He knows he's going to trial tomorrow. He knows something's going on. 
where do we see Peter? We see Peter just like Jesus sleeping in the boat during the storm. And the disciples are running around crazy. Go, what's going on? We're going to die. And Jesus is sleeping. Well, Peter himself is in somewhat the same position in a sense. He is bound hand and foot. There's guards all around him. And what is he? And he knows he's going before the trial. And he knows that he might die the next day. What does he do? He's sound asleep. He's sleeping. He's just chilling and he's sleeping, probably snoring and having dreams of, you know, pink bunnies and rainbows. I don't know what he's doing. The Bible says that he's sleeping. Maybe Peter had enough faith to know that nothing was going to happen to him. Maybe he just decided to say, well, this is the way it is and I'm just going to take a nap right here. Most of us in our lives, in our Christian lives, and most of us who are, you know, maybe if, are, if you're not a Christian and bad things happen, and instead of trying to figure out what to do, instead of trying to intercede in prayer to God to help us through a difficult time in our lives, we go into sleep mode. We go into sleep mode and say, well, it is what it is. You know, what can I do? That's... That's the cards. That's the hand that was dealt to me. And I hear that all the time. That's the card. Well, you know what? Ask the dealer for a couple of more cards. You know, hey, hit me. You know, I'll take two. I'll take three. You know, I don't like this hand. Give me another set of cards. If you don't like the, the hand that you're dealt, if you don't like the way the dice is rolled, for all you gamblers out there, I don't know if you guys are watching it. Anyways, you know, if you don't like the way the chips had fallen, throw them back up in the air again. You know, if you don't like the heads or tails, oh man, well, give another flip to that coin. What is it going to hurt? See, the thing is, we become comfortable in our dysfunction. That saying that, well, you know, what can I do? I tried. You tried. Maybe you read all the self-help books. Maybe you went to go see people you shouldn't have seen to give you advice that you should have never have listened to. But have you tried prayer? Have you tried interceding? Have you tried earnestly praying to God for a situation that you are going through right now? Or are you just going to fall asleep? Peter fell asleep. And I'll tell you that in this passage, he fell asleep, not but because he had faith that God was going to deliver him. He fell asleep because, what am I going to do? 16 guards around me. I'm in prison. I'm chained hand and foot. I might as well just take a nap. And this is why. Because the church was earnestly praying for uh, to God for Peter, in verse 7, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared. Why? Because the church was earnestly praying to God for Peter. Why? Because the church got together as believers in Christ started to intercede for somebody who was in prison. See, as Christians, if you know somebody, not necessarily the physical jail, but we have jails, we have prisons that we hide ourselves in, that we are locked up, and we kind of say, well, you know, that's my life, that's the way it is, that's the hand that was given to me. But as Christians, if you we know somebody like that, we should earn it, we should get together as believers, as, as, as brothers and sisters in, in, in Christ, in the faith of Christ, and earnestly intercede 
need for another person who is going through something that they cannot control, they cannot get out of, we need to intercede for those people. We need to earnestly pray for those people because you never know, they could have a breakthrough. They could have a deliverance. They could be set free in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And that's what we need to do as a church, as believers in Christ. We need to earnestly pray for those who are locked up on the inside. Peter was in a physical jail. Some of us are in prison. We imprison ourselves with past things that happened, with things that, you know, uh, that happened when we were younger, that things happened, uh, you know, a few days ago, a few years ago, whatever happened that decided in our minds that, man, I, only if I would have gotten that job three years ago, I wouldn't be here right now. I would be way over there. Only if that person wouldn't have left my life or if I would have met this person sooner or if I would have just, you know, if I would have did something, if I would have, if I would have, should have, could have, whatever. We tend to keep ourselves in prisons and not being able, praise God, to break out of the prisons that we need to be free from, praise God. And some of us are Christians, some of us are Christ believers, but we all have prison cells within inside of us. We are not truly free. We are not truly delivered, praise God. God wants us not only to be free in the physical, but free in the spiritual. He wants us to be delivered. He wants us to be free, praise God. He wants us to have the freedom to go out and to free somebody else. Hallelujah. See, the angel of the Lord appeared. And a light came within the prison cell. I like this. And he says, he struck Peter on the side and woke him up. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think the angel came in there and said, hey, Peter, hey, wake up. It's time to go. Wake up. The Bible says that he struck Peter on the side. In the, this is the NIV version. In the King James Version said, he smote him on the side. Every time you read it within the King James Version that said he that somebody smote another person, it's always a slap in the face. I truly believe that an angel of the Lord came down, saw Peter comfortably resting in his prison cell, comfortably resting in his situation of demise. He saw Peter and he said, I can't, I can't believe this. He's He's sleeping. And the angel just went up to Peter and went, Hey, get up. Wake up. God wants to tell you right now, Hey, wake up. There are things going on here that you may not see with your physical eyes, but you need to break out of it in the spiritual. The angel of the Lord is coming down there to slap people in the face, to tell us, uh, tell, tell us, even me, to wake up, praise God. The angel of the Lord came down and he slapped Peter right in the face so hard that his chains came off. Hallelujah. Praise God. He slapped him so. Have you ever heard that? I'm going to slap you into next week, boy. You say one more word, I'm going to slap you that, you're, you know, that your grandchildren are going to feel it. The angel of the Lord came down to that prison, saw Peter comfortably, comfortably sleeping in his demisable situation, and said, oh my God, hey, wake up so hard that his chains fell off. Get up. Get your clothes. Get your sandals back on. We're getting out of this place. And as he led Peter to out of the prison cell, the doors started to open up and Peter started to walk free. Peter was set free in the physical, 
But at that moment, that point in time, I truly believe that Peter had it in his mindset that they killed, they killed James. I'm, I'm next. They got to James. They got to James. And now I'm in prison and everybody's all happy because they killed James and Herod is, you know, eating this up because, you know, he likes this kind of stuff. And they got to him. Now it's my turn. And oh, there's nothing else that I could do, but I'm just going to take a nap right here. And a lot of us in Christ decide to take naps in our darkest hour. A lot of us as Christians decide to take naps in, 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 in the moment, in the moment of desperation uh, that God wants us to be free. We decide to take naps in a demisable situation that that's the way it is. So we fall asleep. Yeah, we still get up. Yeah, we still go to church. Yeah, we still sing in the praise team. We still teach. You know, we still do things, but we are truly not delivered of the things that God wants us to be delivered from, praise God. Peter decided to fall asleep, but he needed to be delivered, not just physically, because his mindset gave up. His mindset convinced him they got to, they got to James I'm next. If so and so didn't get the position, what makes you think that I'm gonna what makes me think I'm gonna get the position? If so and so, who was a really good looking guy, didn't wasn't able to get, you know, this girl, what what is somebody look that looks like me? Am I ever gonna find somebody? I'm happily married to 25 years, by the way. <laughs> if so-and-so couldn't buy the house, buy his house, and he couldn't get it. Something fell through. He wasn't able to buy his home. And he, this guy has a really good job. What makes me think that I can buy a house? That's a very popular one right there. So-and-so couldn't get a house. He's, he's got it made. He's got a nice car. He's, he's, made good, he's got good money. He, you know, he couldn't get the house. What makes me think that I can find a home? And we tend to lock ourselves in our prison, just like Peter. They got to James, and I'm next. What makes me think that I can... If James couldn't escape, what makes me think that I, I, I couldn't escape? I can't escape. And we put ourselves in that mindset, and we put ourselves in our prisons. But the angel of the Lord, there needs to be interceding prayers. There needs to be a church hungry enough, passionate enough, with a fervor enough, praise God, to come together. But here's the thing. People, Christians, who find themselves, who put ourselves in that depressional prison from being free, from being truly delivered, not really tell other people. You know, we put on that facade. I'm fine. I'm fine. Hey, I'm really doing really good. I'm fine. So other people don't know that we are in prison. Other people don't know that we are not delivered because we don't want them to think that is something wrong with us. The Bible says that you need to confide in, in with other true believers, not the ones that like to talk here and there. You know the, you know the the, the chismosos as they like to say it in Spanish. You know you, the Bible says to confide in other believers to tell other people your sins. Praise God, so that they can pray for you, so that there can be healing, so they can pray for you, so that there can be deliverance. Praise God. You know it might be something small, it might be a little prison. 
You know, it might be in one of those, you know, 24-hour prisons or something like that. But we, we tend to have a lot of those in our Christian life. Or it might be truly hard knocks. You know, you're in Sing Sing or you're in, you know, you're, you're, you're in San Quentin or something like that. That you really put something, you know, hid down there and locked it up, praise God. Maybe you put 12 guards around your inner prison, praise God. But we see Peter here with 16 guards around him and angel of the Lord slapped him so hard that his chains fell off. Now, we see something very similar in the book of Acts. Praise God. We're going to fast forward all the way to chapter 16, verse 16, where we see Paul and Silas. They're in the same situation. Paul and Silas were in prison. They're in prison. Why? Not because they stole anything. Not because they broke the law. Not because they did anything facetious or debaucherous, they were also put into prison because they were preaching the word of God. They weren't doing anything wrong in the eyes of God. Praise God. The Bible says that Peter and John says, we rather obey God, we rather obey God than man's laws. Praise God. Because God's laws supersede man's laws. And apparently if man's laws say, we don't want you to preach in that name, we don't want you to teach in that name, and they say, hey, listen, I rather obey God than man, so I'm going to continue to preach and teach in the name of Jesus. Praise God. So they threw him in so we see Paul and Silas, we see them in prison for preaching the word of God. And you all know, it says, and at midnight, Paul and Silas uh, sang praises and prayed unto God so that the other prisoners, so loud that the other prisoners heard them, and that, 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 that the walls begin to shake and immediately everybody's bands were loose. See, when there is a breakthrough prayer, when there is a passionate prayer, when there is a seeking of the presence of God, things start to move things start to shake the bands of the, the not just the physical bands but the spiritual bands the proverbial bands or whatever that we had chained ourselves with when we give god the honor and the glory in our darkest hour when you don't feel like it when you're going through a dark time when you're going through something that you can't explain and you can't get yourself out of praise god when you start to worship and praise god even when all the chips are down when you start to worship god even if you got the worst hand in the world praise God when when you didn't get the cards that you wanted to be dealt to you when everything is lost and you decide to worship and praise God anyways that's when a breakthrough happens that's when deliverance happens praise God so we need to come together as a church of believers in Christ to come together to pray for intercessory prayer for those who are in prisons inside of here so that there can be freedom so that there can be deliverance hallelujah we need to pray Paul and Silas sang and praises unto God in their darkest hour. They said, hey, Paul, we're in prison again. Yeah, you know, I see that, Silas. And look, there's chains. You know, they got his chains bound hand and foot, and there's soldiers all over us. And what do you want to do? I don't know. Let's hum a few bars. Let's start praying, too. Okay, what if everybody else hears us because it's sleeping? They're sleeping. It's midnight. You know what? Who cares? Huh? Let's give God all the honor and the glory. It doesn't matter who hears you. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what situation you're in. You know, I see, I see sometimes at, at work when at lunchtime, we see, you know, uh, Christians, you know, even myself sometimes too. I don't see it when I'm doing this, but I see other people. I see it when other people do it to other people. They pray for their food. At lunchtime at work, when a Christian prays for this, there's people go, hey, look at this guy. Look at this guy. Look at, they think it's some kind of joke. No, we're just asking God to bless his food so we can eat it. Thanking God for what we have so that we can eat the little, you know, have the little things. Even the little things give praise unto God. Hey, look at, he's praying. Hey, look at, check out this guy. This guy's praying. 
oh, he shouldn't do that here. We have a chapel. You know, he can do that. No, you know what? We give God all the honor and all the glory everywhere. See, Paul and Silas probably remembered, you know what? We're in prison again. I remember, and Paul was probably telling Silas, hey, wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't Peter in jail in chapter 12? <laughs> I don't know if there was chapters or not. He says, wasn't Peter in jail not too long ago and he fell asleep, but the church was praying and he got free? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that the, the church in Mary's house was was praying and uh, and uh, they were interceding to God for 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 Peter. And an angel came into the prison and he was set free. And 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 Paul and Silas says, "Hey, maybe we should do that too. Maybe we should learn from Peter's mistake because Peter decided to accept his situation and he fell asleep." I'm not willing to accept my situation. Are you, Silas? No, Paul, I'm not ready to accept this situation. I don't want to be like Peter, but he was set free because there was intercessory prayer. Okay, but maybe people are not praying for us. If people are not praying for us outside this prison walls, then you know what? I'm going to start praying for myself. Let's pray for one another. Let's sing songs. Let's pray together, praise God. And it doesn't matter if the other, if the other prisoners hear us because it just doesn't matter. <laughs> Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God so loud that the other prisoners heard them. And the walls began to shake and suddenly everybody's bands were loose. Paul and Silas were in the same situation that Peter was. The thing was that Paul and Silas didn't accept. They didn't accept what Peter accepted. They didn't accept their demise. And knowing that there was a group of believers praying for Peter, they said, you know what, I don't, I don't know if anybody's praying for us, but you know what, I'm not going to wait to find out. Let's do it right now. So right where you're at, you could break through. You can have a breakthrough. You could have deliverance yourself. If you have put something in a prison with inside of you, if something happened to you that you decided to shut down, if something happened to you that you decided that, you know, that's just the way it is, that's the cards that were dealt to me, or that's how the chips fell, praise God, I am urging you to pick those chips back up and throw them up in the air again. Maybe God will move this time, but you got to have faith. You got to pray. You got to get on your knees. You got to ask God, Lord, this can't be it. I know there's something better for me because the, the Bible says that he wants us to have life and life more abundantly, praise God. But we can't have that abundant life if we are not set free within our hearts, within ourselves, praise God. There is a book by, I believe her name is Rebecca Brown. She was actually a witch. She was a warlock back, uh, I don't know, back in the 70s, I believe. She wrote a book called He Came to Set the Captives Free. And and I see here in John 8, 36, so that whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Now, if Christ died on the cross and he rose on the third day for me, for my faults, for my sins, for my bad, praise God, then who's to say that I can truly be free in all aspects of my life? If you lost those keys to that prison cell that you locked certain things, certain thoughts, certain feelings inside of you, that you look good on the outside, you go to church on the outside, you sing, you know, on the praise team or whatever have you, but there is something going inside that you truly, 
do not feel freedom. God wants you to be free. He wants that breakthrough for you, but you got to want it. He wants you, he wants that deliverance for you, but you got to want it, praise God. He doesn't want you to have be like, he doesn't want you to be like Peter and just accept his demise and fall asleep. There's a lot of sleeping Christians out there that go through the motions, but inside they are jailed. They, they, there's a prison cell with inside of them. Don't wait until an angel of the Lord slaps you into next week, praise God. Like he did Peter, just slapped him so hard his chains fell right off, praise God. I urge you to get on your knees. To come to, and also find those other true believers. Come together and pray for somebody you know who is going through a hard time. They might may not be telling you that they're going through a hard time. Peter wasn't saying, hey, uh, you guys, uh, Herod locked me up. Um, I could use some prayers right now. I could, you know, maybe you guys can come together. There's 16 guards, so we're going to need about, about 50 guys with some sharp sticks and some pitchforks. Maybe you can help me get out of this place. Yeah, okay, thanks. I'd really appreciate it. All right. No. Peter was just grabbed, arrested, and thrown in prison. But they knew this. And they saw what happened to James. So the believers got together. People who are in prisons and here, people who are in prisons are not going to tell you that something going on. They're not going to tell you what's going on in life. Maybe it's a sensitive subject. Maybe there's something they don't like to share. But us as believers, we can see it on the outside. We have to have a discernible spirit. In order to have a discernible spirit, we have to have a late relationship with the Spirit of God. Praise God. To reveal to us, you know what? I just talked to so-and-so. So he, he's doing good, but there's something something all right. Something's going on. So you need to get a group of believers to get together and to intercede. To fight the good fight of faith. To fight that, you know, the, uh, the battle of the... Uh, the spiritual warfare against principalities, the powers of darkness. There needs to be that that kind of battle going on in people's lives that we need to fight that good fight. We need to pray for those people who are hurting and in prisons, praise God. If that's you right now, you don't have to tell me. You don't have to message me. If you want to message me and you want me to pray for you, I will pray for you. I will intercede for you, praise God. But right now, we are live streaming, so right where you're at, if you're watching this, praise God, and if you like what you saw, and if you want somebody, if you know somebody who needs to hear this preaching, praise God, share it on Facebook, share it on YouTube, tag them in something like that, praise God, because we are here to help you and pray for you right where you're at. Let us bow our heads, let us close our eyes, heavenly Father. We come before your presence, Lord Jesus, to so thank you, God, for this word that we heard, Lord Jesus. Help us to apply this, this intercessory prayer in our lives, God. Help us, God, to humble us, Lord Jesus, so that we can get on our knees, God. And if we ourselves need that breakthrough, if we ourselves need to be delivered, Lord Jesus, God, help us to get on our knees so that we can pray and cry out to God, Lord, to be free from these things, these things, Lord Jesus. Help us to get that breakthrough, Lord. I pray for anybody watching out there right now who was 
who are stuck in their own prisons, who have locked something up with inside of them, some feelings that they locked up inside of them, something, a situation that they locked up because they thought it would never happen to them, something that they could never get, something that they could never achieve, Lord Jesus. I break it in the name of Jesus. I loosen it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I ask prayers for all those who are watching, all those who are hearing, Lord God, who need to be delivered, Lord God. I remove it in the name of Jesus, God. I claim it, God, in the, in the blood of Jesus, Lord God, that you are going to do something miraculous in somebody's life right now, somebody who's watching, somebody who needs to be free, somebody who needs to be delivered, Lord. I claim it, Lord Jesus, and I say it in the name, in the most powerful name under heaven, God, and on earth, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. We uplift your holy name, and we love you, Lord. In your wonderful name we pray. And all those out there say, amen, amen. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today, God. I am so glad that you are here, that you have seen this preaching right now. You could also listen to it on Spotify in a couple of days. Just go to Impact Church San Diego. All the preachings are right there. If you missed any of them, you can just scroll through them. You can listen to them at work and earbuds like while you're driving or whenever. I'm Pastor Mark Sapol with Impact Church, Church San Diego, thanking you for joining me always from my living room to your living room. God bless you. I'll see you next week at 1030. God bless you. Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Mark Sepulveda with Impact Church. I just want to show my gratitude. If you listen to this far, to the end of the preaching, then you're hearing me right now. And I just want to thank you for listening through. Thank you for joining us. If this message uh, touched you in a way, if you realized something, if it inspired you, if you know somebody that could benefit from this sermon, then share this. Put it on your social media page. Uh, tag them in it. And... Uh, you know, just continue to pray for those who are in their own little prisons. You may not know who they are. You might know who they are. Just get on your knees and just intercede for them and just pray to God. Say, Lord, set them free. Give them deliverance. Everybody needs deliverance. Everybody needs freedom. I just want to thank you once again for following through, listening through. I hope you have a great re rest of the week. And uh, God bless you. I'll see you next time.